With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Hi, I'm Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to The Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is The Best Life. besties this is danny J. so we are interviewing elena cardone for this episode of the best life podcast and i wanted to give a quick bio on elena and how we found her i actually used to follow grant cardone her husband on periscope back in 2014 and grant cardone has a big company he's written many books seller be sold um we've i think we've mentioned them in some of our business podcasts and last year at thrive grant cardone spoke and his wife elena got to speak as well. Elena and Grant both have different podcasts themselves. Grant's is the Cardone Zone, and then they have a show called the G&E Show, Grant and Elena Show, obviously. Um, Elena is a mother of two beautiful little girls, Sabrina and Scarlett, and she just wrote her first book that is out this year, and you'll get to know more about that, but I just wanted to give you a little background on how we found Elena, and we'll see you in the episode. Right. Hey, everybody. This is Danny J. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. This is Jill Coleman. Thank you guys for being here. We are super pumped today yeah. because you're in the studio. <laughs> We're in the Hollywood Hills with Miss Elena Cardone. So hi, Elena. Hi. Thanks, thanks for, for having me here. I can't wait. <laughs> So, so excited. I know. So Elena was in LA and I have basically been trying to get her on the podcast anytime she's on the one of the coasts that we're at in Vegas or LA. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been trying to do all our podcast interviews in person because it just seems more fun. Whenever we're doing it on Skype or something, it just, I don't know, it's not as fun. So, Well, I love having Elena because we met you, I guess it was about a year ago at Thrive and saw you speak on stage for the first time. And we loved what you had to say because you had this like very, in my mind, a combination of like a very like nurturing, like we know you're a mom and you're a wife and like you take that role very seriously, but at the same time, you're a strong woman. And so for us, the dichotomy of that really like kind of caught our attention and that's why we wanted to to ask you a little bit more about that and kind of like how you've gotten to this place and kind of what you've been through and what it's taken to get here and how that looks maybe day to day now. So, Oh, I love it. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. For some of our people who maybe not know, I think that for the most part in the social media world, you're probably known more as Grant Cardone's wife and I'm doing like finger quotes, but you have been very accomplished. I know you were an actress in LA and you did a lot of things. So kind of give us like a brief, summary of Elena's life, like where you were up into the point of marrying Grant and then how you guys started and what you're doing like today in your business. Well, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 Mm -hmm. from New Orleans as an escape route out of New Orleans because I I was involved in just a really, I was involved in a punk rock crowd when punk rock really wasn't so fashionable. It was just real punk rock. And, um, And I was doing drugs and alcohol and I was trying to escape my life there. So Fortunately, acting was the way I was going to do that. So at 17 years old, I moved here, and I did kind of clean up my life a little bit. 
Um, I certainly tamed you down. You moved to L.A. and cleaned up your life. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's that? quite ironic. My parents at 17 did not want to see me move out here by myself, yeah. knowing no one. They thought I was going to get hooked on drugs. I said, sit down. We have to talk. Yeah. And I just d told them everything. I confessed it all, and they, they understood at that point that uh, they really had no say in the matter, and they should just support me. And they are – they were – my dad's no longer with me, but my mom is. But they were awesome, yeah. awesome, and totally supported me while I was here and, and believed in me the whole time. And it really meant a lot to me. Yeah. But at 17, I started modeling. I went to Japan for a few months. I, I did a lot of commercials. I did, then I got into acting. I did a show called USA High, 95 episodes. It aired worldwide. Yeah. So it was like a Save by the Bell, so the kids knew yeah. me. But in between, and I had a house and, yeah. a, and a few cars, some hot rods. I shot shotguns on the weekend. I always <laughs> hung out with, with the guys. Yep. But in between all of those highlights were the lows yeah. of the not working, the not being able to even afford Starbucks. Yeah. I remember those days and, and checks bouncing and not knowing where the next meal was going to come from. And yep. So that, that is this town to me. That's, and that's where I was up until the point where I met Grant. I had... The, 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 the final thing before him was I swore off men forever. Uh, <laughs> We've all done that. I <laughs> swore off men forever. Multiple um, times we do that, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I, I was never one of those girls that wanted to be married or have kids. I was uh -huh. very independent. Yeah. Being here at, right? 17, at 17, absolutely yeah. independent. I didn't meet Grant until my late 20s. Like, guys were just yeah. toys for me. They yes. were just play items. They, right. were, they weren't, like, I was never going to give one of them my heart. Yeah. So... Finally, I, I decided to date one of them for the longest relationship I had ever been in, which was almost two years. A year overdue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He lived in my house. He was dirt broke. Every guy, like the two guys before him, I completely supported. Took care of him. Fun. But I, I was okay with that because right. I didn't want to owe a guy anything. Yep. And I didn't want anyone controlling me. So I wouldn't even yep. let a guy buy me dinner. Yeah. But so then my swear off point was the guy who lived in my house uh -huh. that I paid for. I paid for his clothes, everything. He cheated on me, by the way. I didn't find that out until I had to broke up with him. But when right. I did break up with him, he wouldn't leave my house. Oh my and he decides that he's going to put what's called a mechanic lien on my house if I go to sell it. Because in exchange for him staying with me, uh -huh. he had the brilliant idea to fix up my kitchen. Oh. I paid for all the supplies. Right. He was an art director, oh, so he knew yeah. how to do sets and all that stuff. And I thought it was a good idea. No, I should have paid somebody to do it. <laughs> So I walked away from my house, wow. signed it over to him with the agreement he'd never contact me. Wow. And that house, you know, in L.A., it's worth a million bucks now. Yep. Yeah. But it was worth it for me because I knew yep. that I could go off and create anything I wanted with my life. Right. And he was going to be stuck. And I think he still lives oh, in that no. same house. And, and, I see and, that's and, why and after I left him, <laughs> I, I, the show ended. Uh -huh. I went broke again. I went back to living in a one-bedroom apartment. Yep. I was trying to figure it out. Like, it seemed like my life got really worse after that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. I had actually quit doing drugs. He hated that point. He was mm -hmm. like, oh, I no longer have my party girlfriend. Yeah. And so if I feel like I cleaned up my life and it got worse. I was like, what is yeah. happening right. to me? Yep. I was doing all the self-improvement stuff. Yep. I think that's really relatable. A lot of times right. people think I'm doing all the right things. Why, why aren't I catching it? a break? Like yeah. why am I not why, why when you know, I was doing the drugs and the this yeah. and the that I was on a hit show yeah. making money and yeah, it was What it was, were the kind of things you told yourself in the middle to get through it? Were you like thinking I should just go back to this old life because it was working? Or did drugs. you just or did you just get 
like no, in the personal development? What did you do kept, to get out of that? I just do. I kept doing the personal development yeah. stuff, and I just kept. Um, actually, I lost all my friends because mm -hmm. I was in a crowd totally. where that's what we did on the weekend. We yeah. went to the clubs and and we were we were doing you know yeah, yeah. the whippets or yeah, yeah. or ecstasy or yeah know, stuff drugs yeah. and I decided I don't do drugs anymore right so they didn't want to hang out with me I didn't want to hang out yep. with them you know what I'm saying yeah yep, for sure I, I just got a whole new I just cleaned house and I just trusted that even though it didn't seem like it seemed it, it, it apparently seemed yep. like it got worse yeah I knew that if I kept on the journey it would get better. Yeah. Like, and it would get really better. And I just kept focusing on that. That's so interesting just because we have a lot of listeners who are going through those moments in their life right now that a lot of times they're attracted to this podcast because they're going through a divorce or they're going through a move or they just lost somebody. And so the personal development, when you say like you just knew, like you just trusted, you were just like, I believe in myself. How did you find a new group? Like, how did you surround yourself by people who were doing like bigger things or like, how did you... Well, I found this acting school and they weren't doing any drugs and they weren't having problems like I was. And so I started hanging out with those people. Before I used to, I don't know, I was an actress, but I didn't like to hang out with actors because I just felt like they were showy-offy or mm -hmm. not cool or whatever these preconceived ideas that I had of different groups when I was with that group. Yeah. Yep. And then I, I just saw, wow, these people are creative and they're doing things to improve themselves and they're learning and they're studying and they're growing and they're learning, watching, educating themselves with movies and reading plays. And, and so that's what I started to do. Mm. And then I started to feel and drinking water and right. trying to get healthy and trying to do cardio at the gym. That's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> yeah. It's not the thing anybody you starts know. off. They just yeah, go to the treadmill. Cardio, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I started that way. And now it's weird because I haven't done a drug in 18 years. I yeah. stopped December 31st, 1999, which yep. turned into wow. 2000. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that was the last time. And now, Incredible. and I know drugs are everywhere. Yeah, like I right. know, like yeah. some of my friends tell me, everyone smokes pot that you know, Elena. But in my world, yeah. I don't know anyone that does drugs yeah. because no one talks about it in front of me, right. does it in front of me. Right. Like it's just, I don't know if they know that about me or it's just, it's just not in my universe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like I wouldn't even know where to go. Right. Right. You know? For sure. So you hit this low point and then you swore off men. You're kind of in this low place. What kind of started getting you out of that? And then how, where did your relationship come into this? Cause I know like you're a mom now you have two kids. So yeah. you didn't want to get married. You didn't want to have no. kids, swore off men. And now here we're sitting in your house and I just met your daughters and your husband. So obviously <laughs> something changed. Something changed. I'll tell you what it was. I had a really great friend out here. And I told her I was swearing off men. I was like 28 years old. And I was happy to do so. I was like, I, I don't need to be married. I could be yeah. single chick for the rest of my life yeah. and be happy. Mm -hmm. And she was like, did not, she wasn't having it yeah. for me. And so she invited me over to this ladies group. And I love girls. I, I love them more now. But back then, I was like, oh, God, not another thing where right. we burn candles and do this thing. <laughs> like, I can't stand that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But that's what we did. So I go over to this group with all the girls and we burn in the candles and we're supposed to write a list of all the qualities that we want in a man. And then we had to wrap it up into a little thing and stick it into a pipe and wear it like this copper pipe oh. and wear it until it fell off. And by the time it fell off, the guy was going to come into your life. That thing freaking turned green. <laughs> Before you said the green part, I'm like, okay, I like this idea, but maybe not. Oh, it was great. <laughs> and it finally fell off. But I still had it, right? It yeah. was in this pipe. Yeah. I wrote, I was the only one who wrote, 
I've never written this tiny in my entire life because it had to fit <laughs> yeah, inside right, that right. But I wrote over a hundred items on the list. Oh my gosh. And you just knew based on your experience what you didn't yes, want, maybe. Because look, I'm from New Orleans. She said be specific. So I wrote things like heterosexual. Right. <laughs> very because specific. I was very specific because yeah. I've yeah. seen that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went monogamous, you know, doesn't yeah. cheat. Uh, I've had that happen in every relationship. Yeah. But I, the first thing I wrote was 6'2 green eyes. Mm. And then I wrote monogamous, ethically ambitious, heterosexual, doesn't do drugs or alcohol, um, cherishes his mother and sisters if he has any, loves guns. I love guns. He had to love guns. <laughs> yeah. Loves guns. You know, and I wrote this whole list of things. Yeah. And then he never showed up. <laughs> Ironically. I actually met Grant uh -huh. during this time okay. on a commercial I was shooting down in downtown Los Angeles. He got my number from the director, which is a huge no-no. Right? <laughs> you, you don't do yeah, that. No, no, no. He did, and he calls me, and he's like, this is Grant Cardone, da, 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 you know, and he's got his thing, and people's lives usually improve when they hang out with me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you no. kidding me? <laughs> this has got to be, like, the biggest arrogant guy I have ever met in all of Los Angeles. No, thank you. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I hang up the phone with him. Yeah. Well, from that phone call, and I'm still like in the list mode. Yep. He calls every month for 13 months with no return phone calls back in the answer machine. Days. Wow. Yep. In the meantime, from the list, I realized that night and all the girls were like, oh yeah, you know, they have this attitude like, oh, you deserve that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, because we're girls and we deserve that. Yep. But that's not what happened to me. When mm -hmm. I read the list, I thought for the very first time in my entire life, if this guy yeah. actually existed, maybe I could actually be with a guy for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But this guy probably doesn't exist. But okay. if he did, what would his ideal girl look like? Mm -hmm. So I wrote the list, another list from his perspective of who that was. And then I rose, and, and, and there were some that I felt like I had some qualities and yep. some attributes, but you know, drug and alcohol free, the, 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 the you know, yep. wants to be married, wants to be a mother. Cause I figured this guy that would want to be so good. He would want a family. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I am not there. Mm -hmm. And I saw that I like, I would never get this guy because he would never see me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really went to work on myself. Like I started staying out of the clubs. Yeah. I started like trying to get myself to be that girl. Yeah. And and ironically, while I was working on that, I had already known Grant, but didn't know that, you know, God forbid, he was the one. Yeah. Like, but anyway, then the, the next story evolves on how we got together. That's I'm amazing. Sure so we, heard. like, so the list thing, like, I've definitely heard that before. And it's one of those things that sometimes there's two schools of thought. It's like, you don't want to be too specific because then you're not available for someone who might not fit that list. Well, that's so is the, that your experience? That's what I that's what I meant to say when I emphasized but I forgot my train of thought was when I wrote 62 green eyes, it prevented me from seeing anything else on the list mm -hmm. because I had an idea 62 green eyes yeah. and Grant is not 62 and, and he doesn't have green eyes. Yeah. And you know, once we finally how he got into my circle was he became friends with all of my friends. Mm. And so then, you know, he was showing up at all the places I was showing up. And then he found out I like guns. So he rented the entire shooting range. And he leaves a message on my machine. <laughs> hey, I rented the, the gun range that I shoot at all the time. And everyone knows me. And he's like, if you want to go, I'll, I'll be there. 
only thing that I'm like, I'm like so predictable. It's disgusting. <laughs> and I call him up and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you there. You I'll know, be there. Free yeah. gun shooting. Okay. Sure. You know, but I was, it was almost like, you know, maybe he's going to be your friend or something. No, it was like me and my, the way I thought back then was kind of like, oh yeah, F you, I'll use you for the shooting if that's the route mm-hmm, you want to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, fine, I'll take a free uh, shooting Yeah, I was like, okay, trip. okay. But yeah, little did I know, he was like, you know, so yeah. do you think? Do you think that men should chase? So we get this a lot from our guy friends who like, or even like us dating, we'll yeah. have men, you know, be like, well, you know, they, that women want to be chased. Do you think, well, obviously it paid off in Europe, but like in general. I mean, look, Grant says it isn't stalking if it works. <laughs> <laughs> However, he never did anything weird. Right. Mean, he just left messages on the machine. Yeah. I mean, guys have to be smart. I mean, some people that want to see Grant show up at my building yeah. and talk to my children if yeah. they're on the beach, and that's freaky to me. Right. So I think people have to be smart. But, but yeah, they should pursue because you never know. Yeah. I thanked him when we were having our wedding vows. For not giving up on me, yeah. I just couldn't see him, and it really took that time. So, yeah, I mean, there are some women out there that have no problem pursuing a man. I was never that girl, you know. Yeah. I just because well, I wasn't really interested anyway. I right, was yeah. just wanting to have fun and flirting. Totally. Yeah. I love flirting. So you didn't want to get married, and then you decided, okay, I need to be this woman if I'm going to attract this man. So when you guys decided to get married, did you ever feel like you were giving up part of yourself or your dreams of being an actress or what you wanted when you had to, like, become a wife? No, because when we first got married, no one really – I did not know what marriage meant. Mm -hmm. I honestly thought a marriage was just monogamy. Like, I was just going to be monogamous to a person, and we Mm -hmm. were going to live our lives together. So I never felt like I was asked or forced to give anything up. I certainly was still an actress for the few years into that period because I was still very independent when we were married. And I still had in the back of my head, never depend on a man. Like my mom had instilled that in me, my father too, like never depend on a guy for anything. So I always had that in the beginning of our relationship. Now what I did, which I shouldn't have done, but what I did was I gave up the hot rods, the working on the cars, the shooting guns on the weekend, because I felt it wasn't appropriate to now be in a new marriage and be gone on the weekends or hanging out with all the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I wanted to be with him. I loved yeah. being with him and around him. So I gave that up. The problem with doing that was, is then I felt unfulfilled. Like here I was being this wild girl doing my own thing all the time. It was just learning how to be in a marriage. Yep. Now I was bored. I, I had a void and I, I never stopped him from working because I've just always like, that was my problem. Men always held me back. So I never wanted to be that woman that would hold a man back. Yeah. But if he wanted to come home and it's we're brand new in our marriage and his brother lived down the street and he would prefer to go play Xbox with his brother down the street. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I never had this problem. Yeah, right. Like with any guy. Yeah. I was the girl that did that to the guy, right. you know? And, 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 and I was really unhappy about it at the time. But then I analyzed the situation and I looked at it and I thought, you know what? It's, it's actually selfish of me to have to make, go outside of myself to make him satisfy me and make me happy. Mm-hmm. You owe me time. You this, you that. The more I wanted that, the more it repelled him. And I know that from personal experience, from yeah. my past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, look, there's, I'm either going to get a divorce and that's not an option. It's not a word that's mentioned in our house. Or I'm going to 
give myself my own thing, not as an F you to him, right. but to like just fulfill myself so that I am, I can just be there for him when we are together and do my own thing. And, and, and that just completely changed our dynamic. The minute I started to work on becoming an asset to him and to us as a couple, the more he wanted to be around, the more he could be around me and be on social media or take me out on a date, but do other things. The more I didn't complain about it, the more he mm -hmm. wanted me there all the time, mm -hmm. you know, but it's because we finally, once we finally got together and had a goal and a purpose so big enough. Yeah. And, and that's why I love Grant. You know, he thinks big like me. The last guy said, I want to change the world. And he was like, that's the problem with you. You think you can change the world. That's mm. so dumb. You know, mm. like, and, and I, I don't even know if I meant it like seriously, right. but, but like, let a girl have some enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Let a girl be happy. Sure. When, when Grant came to me and said, I want all 7 billion on planet earth to know who I am. I was like, Hell yeah! <laughs> I was like, wow, finally like, met my it. match. Like someone thinks as big as me. Is it yeah. possible? I don't know. But I support it. Yeah. And so when we're out to dinner and he needs to be on his phone or do social media, I, I think of that. I want 7 billion people to know who we are. Yeah. You have to be on because yeah. they don't yeah. know us. And it doesn't mean you don't love me or he doesn't want to spend time yeah. with me. It just means he's getting happy doing something else. Mm -hmm. And I am happy doing other things yep. that mm -hmm. he can't do. Like shooting guns, he will never be able to fulfill that high for me. Right. Well, we talked about, I don't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about really, maybe it was the lessons after the affair of having, the importance of having your own thing. So whether or not you're at the end of a marriage, or I think it's so important, usually when you meet somebody at the beginning, you're attracted to those things that they do, right? So yeah. you were doing the guns and he thought that was so hot and he was like so attracted to your drive and everything you were doing. And then you got married and you stopped doing those things and you started to feel like sad and unfulfilled. And I think it was so wise of you to go, it's not up to him to make me feel better. I got to get back and, and feel better myself. Right. And I think for a lot of women, we really want them to go find something of your own that you can do because even some, in, even sometimes I think women think, well, being a mom is going to fulfill me. And then their kids grow up and then all of a sudden they're going, now what? Right. And so I did want to ask you and I, you kind of just already answered it, which was like, how do you keep your identity instead of being just Grant's wife or Scarlett and Sabrina's mom? And, being Elena by yourself and holding your own identity, but it sounds like you really focus yeah, on I, that. I always, I, I always try to give myself new challenges. So I just recently started Muay Thai. Amazing. Um, I had never thrown a punch before in my life before 10 months ago. Um, I just started doing weights. They told me I, I was getting strong enough for the, so strong enough for the tie with the kicking, but now I had to get my body strong enough to actually not hurt myself right. during the kicks Listen. and the this yeah. and that. So yep. I started the weight thing. And and this is like so new to me. It is so foreign and punching. And it's so weird because here modeling, everything was up and tall and down there they crunch. And you know, it's just yeah. everything about it is weird. And then I, I take up this three gun. So now I'm doing pistol, rifle and shotgun and I compete in tournaments. So that takes time. Then I have my philanthropic work and different things I'm trying to do there. So I have, I have piled so much on my plate. I just came out with this. I wrote a book. Yeah, I saw that. How to build an empire, how to have it all. Yep. You know, Grant infuriates me because he can write a book. I've seen as little as three hours. <laughs> uh, one was in one weekend and it took me almost an entire year. But anyway, 
I, I just, I have a lot of stuff going on and I, I really try to hold myself accountable and try to get to the next level and to be greater than who I was the day before. And I'm just constantly under a pressure cooker of my own making, yeah. trying to become a diamond. Yeah, yeah. Know. that um, makes total sense. I would love to hear about the book. I know we definitely oh, want to yeah. give you a little shout out, but for sure, like, why did you want to write it? What was the, what's kind of like the hook? Well, it it's for? a build an empire. I wanted to write it because after, and, and here's another thing that kind of grew me and expanded me. We did the first growth con. And Grant said, I want you to speak. And oh, yeah. And shout out. We went to 10X Growth Con oh, yeah. in Las Vegas. No yes, we were there. I <laughs> oh, so you went to the second one. Yeah, we went to the second one. We went to the one in Vegas just in February. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you love it? We did. It was so great. Oh, my gosh. It was massive. I had no idea because, you know, we went to Thrive and it was a big conference. But you guys had the whole Mandalay Bay. Like, it was like a stadium, you guys. Yeah, it was, it was massive. The so. next one's going to be for 35,000 oh, people. Holy oh, my God. Miami, Marlins. Wow. Well, the yeah, first shout out. Time yeah, he... so we went to 10X Growth Con, so oh. you guys can check that out. But... Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, he had asked me to speak, uh -huh. and I thought, well, that's weird because I don't really speak about business. Yep. And so I was really pondering, what am I going to talk about? And then I thought, well, it's interesting. I started to think, well, uh, what, what do I know? What do I do? And then I go, wow, I run the behind-the-scenes operation. It's like nobody really knows what I do, you yep. know? But yep. why would they? Right. And then I thought all the people that are the billionaires and the billionaires clubs and these women, there's, there's, there's very few of them that are giving you the inside behind the scenes mm -hmm. look of what they do and how they do what they do. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I can do. So from the first one, I did that. And then I realized, wow, the way I do things is so different than other people. Like mm -hmm. I thought everybody did this. Right. I thought this is normal. And then how I realized how not normal it was is when I realized and so many people come to me with the same similar questions mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, I have to get this book out for anyone who's interested. Gotcha. So the empire is just a philosophy. One, being aware enough to think in terms of that big, like sure. I'm creating an empire. What does that mean? Right. What do I want it to look like? If you were really a queen or a king of your empire, what does it look like and what responsibility would you have? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that people around you just do everything for you. It actually means you have to be more responsible, be more of an opinion leader, be more uh, in control of your environment, and, and more of a sacrifice because you serve the people. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. Right. You're the one they're looking to like, whoa. So, I mean, so that's, I, I define the roles of the king, the queen, the royal empire, and the royal court, you know, yep. everyone who's in it and what their roles are. And... The purpose, it, your purpose and the mission of the empire has to be so big that it can fit everybody else with all of their empire agendas. Yeah. Yep. You know? When is the release date? It's been released. Okay. The, you I saw you just shot, I thought you just shot the cover like two weeks ago or something. I know. The, yeah, the feathers, it was so gorgeous. I had it made here in LA. Oh, I love it. It was so gorgeous. Um, yeah, so I figured that shot so was book, only a few weeks ago. So I thought yeah, maybe it is only a few weeks. You can pre-order the book. <laughs> okay. The book's going to print. Okay. But in the meantime, they released the audio version, which is available now. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so I love audio elenacardone.com forward slash empire. You can get the audio version. All right, perfect. That'll be in the show notes for sure. Did you read the audio version? Did you do the... I did. Okay. I did. I, I did. love that. I want to go back and add a couple of stories, but it's 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 to the point where it could have been released. I'm just going to go back and add a couple of little stories that 
I'm so glad you... because yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm so glad you read it because one of the... I've actually never read any of Grant's books. I always get them on Audible mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he always adds so much and it's always like these extra stories and I think yeah. it's... I love hearing when the author reads their own books because they just add more and they know what they're trying to get across. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to get that on Audible. Awesome. Yeah, that will be fun. You. I travel a lot. I get on the airplanes and so I'm always listening to books there. So um, let me see here. I wanted to know, you kind of mentioned the king and the queen, and we interviewed Lisa Bilyeu. I don't know if you know Lisa and Tom. Tom spoke at, Tom Bilyeu spoke at Thrive last year as well. And they own Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. And so we interviewed Lisa, and she said that in their relationship, they work together as well in their relationship and in their business. And she said that really they have to have almost like a boss in the relationship or like the president and then the vice president. Because it can be when there's like two presidents, it's just not going to work. That's so somebody needs to it, like have, million percent have roles. So yeah, you define yeah, so that in the thing. The roles. Yes. Yeah, it's the roles. In my relationship, it is just more traditional, and yep. it turned out that way because Grant is really good at business and finance, mm-hmm. and I am not. I I was an artist, an actress. Mm-hmm. I know how to. I know how to have visions. Yep. I know how to come up with ideas and and infuse life into them. I know how to make things beautiful. I just, that's just my, my forte. I have a very loving side. He's more of an animal. So we decided that he was, he would be more of the business and execute all decisions on finance, et cetera, et cetera. So I can give my advice on that, but he runs point on that. Everything else with the family, the kids, where they go to school, who they're surrounded with, every extracurricular activity, who surrounds our our empire, who gets let in close to him, to us. I run all those op- background operations with people, with, you know, and, and he doesn't even know half of the stuff, yeah. you know, of like <laughs> yeah. who I'm looking at, who, who I'm, I, I keep it very clean. So I a million percent agree. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Like yeah. the guy can do what I do. Sure. If the woman is um, more that role, it's just no matter who does what, you have to know your roles. Yeah. I'm not the person that's going to say, oh, the woman has to do this, the man has to do that. That's not any of my business. It's whatever you decide, you have it mapped out. And then the executive decision in my role, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, he has to get behind it. He may have given me advice, and I may have done something different, and he might get mad at it. At the end of the day, I look at him and say, that's it. Mm -hmm. I made a decision. Get behind it. And vice versa. How do you guys get to that, though? Did you guys have a conversation and yeah. say, this is how it's going to be? And did yes. you actually write it on paper, or was it just more of like... It was more of a conversation, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was because we're both very strong. Yeah. We both want our own way. I came, you know, I told you, I was, I paid for everything with the guy. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't want a guy telling me what to do, and we were butting heads because I was, even just for the sake of being right or sure. trying not to lose my identity sure. or something. So we were having conflicts, and finally I was like, okay... I'll be the boss of this, you be the boss of that, and that's it. If I fall down in this area, it's my job and I better get my act together. So if someone betrays us that I let into the group, it's my fault. And I have to look at why I did that, what I wasn't willing to confront, why I ignored red flags. Mm -hmm. And I have to shore up the fort, you know, to make us more powerful. That's that's where I fell down. That's where my statistic dropped, Mm -hmm. you know, in business. You know, if, if he made a wrong decision on an apartment, which he never has, but if he has or something like that, it's like, okay, what did you do here? Yeah. Like handle yourself. Mm-hmm. So we always know if something falls down where, you know, if the kids aren't doing well in their homeschooling or something is out, it's my job to get them back up to where they are or 
getting along with each other and because that's my domain. That's my hat. Mm -hmm. It's not his responsibility. It's mine. That's so interesting. And we talk a lot on this podcast about communication. So that's why we're kind of like being like super detailed with how you guys came to that decision and how you, because I think a lot of couples maybe don't have those conversations. They just assume that everyone will know the roles and they continue to butt heads. So you had mentioned that your previous relationships, you had, you know, maybe there was some infidelity there or like just not, and obviously you had to give your house over to a previous boyfriend. So like, was there a moment where you're like, okay, like I don't really trust, but I'm going to trust. Like, how did you get to that point? We've talked a lot about like, how do you trust again when you've been betrayed or been burned yeah, or by every guy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Grant was different and he is different than any guy I have ever met. And I made a decision and a choice. He is the one, I say this all the time, find the one you trust and build an empire. And so there are days, as you know, because you were both married for 10 years, there are days when, I mean, obviously I love him, but there are days when I'm, I seriously question, do I, do I even love this man? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think I actually hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yes, totally. But no matter what, no matter how I feel, like if I don't want to get him a meal or if I don't want to make a phone call for him or help him with something or give him some data that he needs because he's always looking at me like, who did this again? What's this? What's that? Can you do You know? Yep. Like even if I'm mad or, or quote unquote hate him that day, I still have to do my job. Yeah. Right? I still have my role. And I'm going to do it with a smile until we figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's not, well, F you. I'm doing this. I'm going out. You do it yourself. Like yeah. you're either creating an empire or destroying one with every decision that you make. So if I did that, I'm doing a little whack and a little whack and a little whack, and then he's going to do wax. And then we can't build an empire. And we have such big goals. We want to go global, go, you know, uh, go global, go big. We want people to know us. I want to be, we've had this discussion. I want to be a model couple. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. I want to be someone that goes, the person that, look, they can do what we can too. And I will never say we're perfect or that it's not easy, but... I still want to hold myself to that challenge of making it go right and still being the person who shows up no matter what. It sounds like you guys have a really big accountability system between the two of you. Like you, you hold him to a high standard. He holds you to a high standard and you both strive to meet those standards. And there's never a day off. Was, yeah. It doesn't seem, did you guys like have those at the beginning, beginning or is it just built over time? It's built over time. Yeah. A lot of it happened um, when 2008 happened, Mm -hmm. the crash, I was pregnant. We were under our first lawsuit. It was a $60 million lawsuit. We had our apartments, the banks, 482 banks went under and collapsed. Mm -hmm. So the banks wanted, they they couldn't get money from people who couldn't pay them. We had never missed a payment on our apartments. They wanted all the money. Wow. that we owed on the loans and found said that because our net worth had dropped, like everyone in the entire yeah, country, sure. that we were in technical default and they wanted their 30 million right then and there. Like right. <laughs> who's liquid. Right. right. Um, yeah. So uh, this was extremely stressful. I was pregnant. He tells me we're going to die. I tell him, uh, no, I don't die. Yeah. Like, I don't, like die. I don't die. And you promised me back then people from that First phone call, you said people who hang out with me, their lives get better. You didn't say they die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love it. So that's when I sent him to down the office, down yeah. the hallway to his office, and I said, "Don't come out until you figure this out." Wow. And three hours later, he came out with the book "Seller Be Sold," and he put it in my hands. He put wow. the manuscript in my hands, and he said, 
it's just a book. It's not going to make us rich. But I figured out what we have to do, and I will never make you worry ever again. Wow. And we built from there. So from that moment, I realized I had a choice. I could either continue being in this normal marriage where I still never was going to depend on a man, or I could go all in on him, give up my acting career. I looked at my acting career, and I said, what what is it that I want to do with my acting career? Yes, you know, like, okay, I'll admit it. I wanted to be famous. Yeah, yeah. You know. But other than that, I didn't know what was the point. I said, do you want to make people laugh? Are you a comedian? Do you... Do you want to make people feel? I, I said, I really analyzed it. And I said, no, I did acting because of two reasons. Because I loved it. But also, I went to a really rough high school. Okay, really tough high school back in those days. I think it's cleaned up a little bit. Back then, it was really rough. My sister came to me in this, uh, at the end of the freshman year, and she said, from sophomore to senior year, if you can make it into the school called the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, they had five things you could get into, like writing, art, dance, theater. I forget the other one. Yeah. Whatever the other band or something. Art. Yeah. yeah. What are you yeah. Band. Whatever. Yeah. Yes, it was band. Yeah. And, it was like um, the high school I went to. It was music. Yeah. She says, if you, and I said, oh, the only chance I have is to get in for theater. Well, I auditioned and I made it in. Uh-huh. So it saved me. It was an escape route. Mm. Then when I was 17, it was, I made it here and got an agent. So it, it did what it was supposed to do. And then I said, okay, well, he's got a, 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 a business that has more potential than mine at the moment yep, yep. because I was pregnant. No one was hiring a pregnant actress at that point. Right. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to risk every single woman in L.A. trying to hunt me down to chop off my head and put it on a pike and say, you suck. You support your man. You gave up your career. Yeah. You're a loser. I, I was actually terrified yeah. of that. But I put all my chips in and I said, you know what? I'm going to have to trust. I'm going to have to go all in. This guy could screw me. He could find a hot, sexier wife any day, anytime he wants. I mean, just look around. Yeah. I could be completely humiliated again. I could look like a loser. And at the same time, I know myself. I know it will hurt. But I know I could pick myself up. I always land on my feet. And I said, no matter what, I don't die. Like I just got chills. I actually just got chills yeah. when you said that. It, it was I said, no matter what. So I'm going to do it because there's no way anyone can do anything to me. You know, it might hurt, but I, I trusted myself. And it turned out to be the best decision I have ever made in my life because as independent as I was and as strong as I was and as much as I wanted to make it on my own, I couldn't. I didn't or I would have. And now I've discovered a power, like as a woman, yeah. like I feel more powerful. I feel, I feel more, I, I just, so alive, so yeah. powerful. So, so like I feel, it's, it's so strange. And I, the words don't even want to come out of my mouth, even though they're in my head. But I feel like a man helped me find my womanhood. Yeah. And not in a way like, oh, you just cook and. Right. You yeah. know, not that way. Yeah. But like really as it's like as, as like a woman who like is powerful and can ignite a man and, and rise him to the top. It's very powerful. Oh, so good. I know I got chills at the same time. So oh, it's just so good. And I think that some big pieces that you talked about were just like fully trusting yourself of yes. if this doesn't work, I'm gonna figure it out. Like I've always figured it out. Yeah. Where did that come from? Do you think you're just born? Like you've just always had that drive. You're a survivor, like 
Yeah, I think so. Just I mean, scrappy. I don't, I don't, I, I've always been scrappy. <laughs> yep. I was a tomboy. My, yeah. my dad fought in World War II. Up until the age of 12 and probably up until the age of 10 when boys and girls were equal, like in physical strength, I was always tougher than the guys. Yeah. And, and because I was a girl trying to be a boy, a tomboy, I felt like I had to be stronger, tougher. Like even the boys would cry. I would never cry. I would never yeah. let them see me cry. So yeah. I learned how to be tough on the inside. And then, you know, tragedy strikes everyone yeah. at some point. At 14, I had horrific tragedy. Yeah. Um, I had to watch my, my best friend and her mother. They perished in a fire that was across the street. Oh, and, you know, my, the, my father and I in the neighborhood guys were putting out the fire at 4 in the morning before the firemen even got there yeah. trying to. It Goodness. didn't work. And so seeing that, and, and, and unfortunately, I saw it. Yeah. And at 14, I, was, I could not comprehend yeah. that I saw what that even looks like. Yeah. What, what, you know, what a yeah. body that has yeah. been 97% burned looks like you know, being recovered. You know, it was just hard. And so at 14, the very next day, Again, my parents were very loving, but we were emotionally guarded. They they probably didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think my, my my mom feels bad about it now because I, I openly I wrote it in the book. But the next day I was I went to school. Yeah, like how does somebody go to school? I had yeah. I had a lump the size of a grapefruit in right. my neck. My I, I just wanted to cry. It was the hardest yeah. possible thing to. To try to suppress what I was feeling and that that emotion, I just I was devastated. I lost, I literally lost the will to live, and the only thing I knew how to do to numb that was take drugs. Yep, right. And the drugs numbed me and made me feel like I could cope. Yep. And um, and that's when I made a decision. I was I was never letting anyone break my heart. I mean, I know she was a girl, and guy is different, but. But it, it transferred over. Sure, like literally. a guy was never going to break my heart. No one was going to break. No one was going to get yeah, to me. Yeah. It just became this wall. I think we have that like subconscious feeling of like this can't last or something's going to, we're going to lose it at some point. So we don't want to maybe give all in. That's why I'm interested. That's why I was interested in like what made it with Grant be different when you were so guarded and almost had the expectation that yeah that you were going to be betrayed or that something was going to happen or there was going to be, you know, catastrophe. He, he wore me down. I mean, he wore me down. He was like no other guy I had ever been with. I mean, first of all, it took 26 phone calls to even get me on a date. And after that, we hung out as friends. My girlfriend came to me and she said, Elena, you realize Grant is the guy on your list. And I was like, what? That's so ridiculous. Yeah. She, she made me open the pipe and read her every single one of the things. Wow. And after everything after six two and green eyes was him oh and my i was gosh. like oh my god i couldn't even deal so then i tried to do all my houdini acts my girlfriends from new orleans call me houdini okay they were like disappear you yeah yes. they're like i made the list how come i did not find it <laughs> well my friend you know my friend that gave me the list she wrote two words on the list hugh jackman <laughs> And I said, next time, try to get someone who's not married. Oh my God. <laughs> she never got her guy. Right. But she literally wrote Hugh Jackman on her list. That was her list. You know what I think is funny, actually, because you were doing your acting thing and you mentioned like wanting to be famous or to be known. What you're doing now is actually even bigger than that because you've got your G&E show. I was just like, um, 
I was just watching a bunch of episodes earlier today before we came out because I thought it was really fun. And you get to do what you were good at doing and having fun doing now, just creating it on your own, which is really cool. Oh, it, is, it fits into everything that I've yeah. ever wanted to do, which yeah. is create my own empire, not have to depend on a producer or a director down there who's probably doing some Me Too stuff, mm. but I don't want to accuse all of them, you know, <laughs> to say whether I have the blessing to work or not. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be able to say, you know, I do what I want to do. And it is so much more fulfilling. I was on a hit show, um, USA High, which was like a Saved by the Bell. And I had kids coming up to me and calling me Lauren Fontaine. And it was great. Except yeah. I really couldn't have it at that time. Yeah. But what am I being great for? Like, yeah. I didn't know what the product was. Yeah. Now I get people that write me and say, you've helped me with my marriage. Or you've changed my life. Or this one thing you said. And, and it's I your creation. Even- Yes, and I can't even tell you, like, that to me is worth, that. that's worth to me more than money. And people love you for you and not a character that you're playing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it fits into the empire thing. And yeah. it doesn't mean, like, everyone should quit their jobs and go be their own boss and do it, what they say, because that's another yeah. misconception. Sure. I think all the solopreneurs think, oh, they get to be the boss. Well, sure. no, no one's a, I, I have people I have to answer to. Grant has people he has to answer to. Like, yeah. there's never... You never just, that's the misconception that people think when they get to the top, they can just do whatever, which is true. They do have more freedom, but they also have more accountability. I was going to say more responsibility. More responsibility. For sure. Because now you're responsible for however many other people's experiences. That's right. And so now when Grant and I fight or I'm whatever, I have to think, well, gosh, if, if the world saw me acting like this right now, I would be kind of a disappointment and then I have to handle myself and go oh I have to bite the bullet even though it's not really a bullet it's like an ego bullet yeah sure. for sure it's a and trigger. go okay like let this one slide or let's talk about it if it needs to be talked about right. sometimes most of the time I don't even talk about it because I don't even remember it the next day right? yeah I only I only try to make it a policy to talk about the things that I really can't live with and just either figure out how to handle myself to where I can handle the situation better yeah. Rather than trying to go to him for everything, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to change this, you need to, you know, to, yeah. you know, to appeal to me. Right. I have a question about like money mindset. Yeah. So when you guys started becoming more financially successful, and I don't know if Grant how well he was doing before you guys met, but did you have to go through some phases or like even losing all that money? How did you kind of wrap your mind around about more abundance? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. It sounds like you might. Yeah, or like raised well, with, he, with he, money. He was definitely a multimillionaire when we met. Uh-huh. Um, we had the risk of losing it all in 2008. Yeah. In 2008, I said, I'm going all in on you. What do you need from me? And he said, all spending stops. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. Like to me, a, a right. punk rock girl from New Orleans, yeah. like, you know, I like nice things. That's, that's, I've more acquired that later on in yeah. life. Um, I really wasn't so much a Chanel girl when yeah. we met. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy for me. We did go through 10 years of a sacrifice phase where there were no vacations. Yeah. Instagram wasn't around then yeah. or you would have seen it, but there were no vacations. Yeah. There were no parties. There was no clubbing. There was no, it was literally uh, the romance came from the idea that we were two lovers sacrificing everything in order to build something. And that was romantic to me, mm-hmm. but there was no sexiness. There were no, I mean, there was, there was a couple of nice cars. I mean, we weren't like, we still lived in a beautiful house up in the hills. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose that. But everything else was, there was, there was nothing 
left over for anything extra or night. Like, there was no planes. There was, no, and we certainly aren't where we are now. I had this idea to play the lotto game. So we would sit in our jacuzzi and overlook the city. And um, I said, what would you do if you had, at that time, we thought a lot, it is a lot of money, but that sounded <laughs> yeah, bad. That yeah, really yeah. sounded bad. Because it is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money to where I want to be. Right. Um, I said, what would you do if you had $250 million free and clear? Mm -hmm. And so he said, he asked me, he flipped it on me. And I said, you know, I blew it all, right. which is what I would do. And this is why I don't do business. <laughs> and what he would do is he would do his real estate and the this and yeah. the that and the this. But over the course of playing this every single night, a couple of things happened. We had to think bigger. Uh -huh. And then it became, it gave you a freedom. Like, what would you do if you were a billionaire? You would feel like you could call anyone on the phone and they would take your phone call. Mm -hmm. You would feel like not a loser at a party. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all those little things, you would feel bigger. Yeah. So it made us feel bigger. Like we didn't have to acquiesce or be intimidated by mm -hmm. some of these highfalutin people that we run into around sure. town. It was just like, wow, you got a little confidence. The bad side of the lotto game would be that we would be like, we are never going to get there. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But we tried to steer clear of that point and stay focused on the, the big think, the big person, and be that person, yeah. even though we didn't have that. But not the entitled person who's the show-off, but right, you know, sure. the, the beingness. The confidence. Yeah. Yeah, the beingness of that person that doesn't have to prove anything because they just are. Yeah. Yep. And then we actually grew into it. And yeah. then so much more, but it all derived from that lotto game of just being, having to entertain ourselves and get us to a mindset where we couldn't perceive ourselves even remotely. Uh, but now 10 years later, it's just, whoosh, you know, love that. It's a powerful game. It's fun. It is. It's yeah. A, it's like, it's like it, manifesting, it. which, you know, I have a question about, like you've mentioned a couple of times during personal development work. Do you have like any person that you read or like, you know, I don't know, just like any kind of mentors in that space. Cause a couple of times you said I had to get my mind right. I had to, you know, figure out my stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I've studied a lot of people. I've read a lot of books. The one that I love the most and is the most controversial is several books by L. Ron Hubbard. He has a mm -hmm. book called the power of work. I mean, uh, the problems of work. Mm -hmm. When I read the problems of work, I really understood jobs. Like, what is a job? He had a book called Overcoming Ups and Downs in Life. I read that book. It changed my life. There's another book he wrote, A New Slant on Life. And so I started reading those books because, you know, in L.A., you run into a lot of the people here. Yeah. Um, that just, they have a lot of information about a lot of different things. Yeah. But those books in particularly really struck me as interesting because they were very common sense, uh -huh. very easy to read, but yet they were applicable. And so if, when I applied what I learned in the material, I saw an immediate result and a change in my life. Interesting. So those books, and, and then I read Dianetics, mm -hmm. which is a very difficult book for someone who, you know, at 17, never went back into a school again. But I got through that book and that one made me feel confident as, wow, like, wow, I can read big books. Because I, I always had trouble in school. I mean, yeah. I did good in school. I yeah. got A's and B's, but it was only because of my memory. Yeah. I could memorize, mm -hmm. but I, didn't, I couldn't apply. Mm -hmm. Right. So I read Dianetics, and that changed everything the way I thought about how a mind works. And lastly, to improve the study, I read a, a book called Learning How to Learn. Okay. 
because no one had ever taught me how to learn. Yep. I didn't know there was a topic on it. If you Google it, there's nobody that wrote anything on the subject. And that book, Learning How to Learn, changed. I realized from that book, I can learn about any subject that I want in the entire world because I know how to learn, mm -hmm. which I never knew before. Yeah, so anyway, those, I, I hope I didn't give you too many books. No, that's great. Because like you had mentioned just the personal development work. And I think our people are always asking like, what are resources? Like you seem yeah. to have it on lock. And I know, I like that you mentioned that you guys don't have it fully like figured out, but yeah. you, but you, t it sounds like you take a lot of like radical responsibility for your own emotions and your own maybe ego triggers and things like that. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, you know, have, have looked at a lot of that and I try to, you know, especially as you rise, yeah. diff you, you learn different things yeah. and people, you just can't be so naive. You know, people do. It was very hard for me to consider that there were evil people out there who yeah. do intend me harm. Yep. But when I could confront that, it was easier for me. But I forgot what I was going to say. But the higher you rise, the more you just have to be aware of your surroundings yeah. and, and who, who you let in. You mentioned a few times about letting people in your circles and you keep a really tight ship. How... I mean, I won't imagine you have like an application process, but I imagine no, I that people are... have an application. Oh, do you? Okay. I'm like, because I imagine that people are constantly trying to to get meetings with you and spend time with you guys. And you said people show up at the office, and I know people. I've seen people for years just trying to get grants' attention. Like they call the radio show and literally say the stupidest things just to get on air. And I noticed that, and I I would imagine that you have to almost put up walls even for friendship. So okay, you have an application process. How does that? How does that work? Because how do you really protect yourself and your family when so many people are looking at you and wanting your attention? I don't mind when people want my attention. I think, you know, it works two ways. And yeah. I almost hate saying this um, because it opens the door even more. I almost look if someone it does have the opportunity to be around me yeah. and doesn't take an opportunity to, um, to, to take advantage yeah. of me or whatever, then I kind of think, oh, they're, there's, not they're stupid. That's a terrible word. They're, they're something. I, I, this is what I do. I question, why is it if they have a product that mm -hmm. is going to help me, yep. that they like, what is it in their life that they're doing that they, they can't go and be extroverted? Uh -huh. And usually it has to do with an ethical issue. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people that have ethical problems, mm -hmm. they're cheating, they're whatever it is, sure. smoking pot, whatever it is that they don't feel good about, not my judgment of yeah. it, yeah. whatever they're doing in their life that they don't feel good about, when you do enough of those, you can't reach out to people. It keeps you small. Yeah. You can't reach your, and I know that from personal experience. Yeah. So that, so I question that. Yeah. Sure. So I have a lot of application processes. Then there's some people that, that come in. I never, I never judge when they come because, sure. because I'm like, oh, if there's it's a product, you should yeah. be putting sure. it out there. That's what we, that's what we teach. Yep. Um, but I can always say no or whatnot. But yeah. the people in my immediate space that we hire, yeah, there's, there's literal background. Yeah, checks. of course, of course. Um, but then other things I, I learned, I've, maybe it's because I was an actress for so many yeah. years. I studied yeah. constantly studying everything about them. I don't know how to shut it off. And it's not a judgment thing. It's just, it's just an, it's just, it just goes, da -da 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 -da. you know, she's this, she's that, is she, is she tired? Is she this, she that, yep. you know, like it just, it just runs. Like, so I, I watch energy levels and, um, communication yep. cycles. Yeah. You know, do they, do they listen? Do they acknowledge? Do they, you know, I just, and when I ask a question, what color is the house? Do you tell me green or do you say, 
green, if the house was green, sure. would be an immediate response. I know that you can, you, you handle communication well. If I said, what color is the house? And you go, oh my God, the day is so beautiful. (laughs) So the house is normally green, but with the smog and the this and the that, it kind of puts a yellow haze. I'm going to know you add a lot Mm. of stuff to data before I actually get the real answer. I just asked you a very simple, direct question. So I can tell a lot about people just on what I, my knowledge of observing people and what things mean. So I can almost predict behaviors just by certain things. You know, and yep. that's yeah. just one example. It's not like I have a checklist. Totally. It's just, it just comes up. Yeah. You know, what do they talk about? Do I discover that right. they're cheating? Do I discover, yep. you know, what? You know, if I'm walking by in the office and they're on their own personal Instagram, they're cheating. Yeah. They're, 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 they're cheating. Yeah. yeah. Emotional. So it's almost like you can pick up on integrity maybe. You're, you're yeah, a good judge of you character. Know, just other things, you know, that just going to come up. How do they carry themselves? Do they seem depressed? Do they seem happy? Are they, you know, like, is it a facade? Is it, you know, just, yep. you know, and I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I'd right. rather just know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to ask our final question? Yeah, let's do it. I know it's getting a little bit long. So one of the questions that we, well, the question we always ask our guests is obviously this is called the best life. And you heard a little bit before we started about why we came up with that, but we want to know for you, what does living your best life look like? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Living my best life is, is, I mean, geez, it is what I'm doing right now. Um, some days I just wish, God, I just wish I was at the top, but I realize that I'm on this treadmill of life and it doesn't stop. And I probably never arrive, but I love it right now. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. The best life for me is when Grant and me and family or vibing. We're all on the same team. We're working together. People in the world get us and they trust us and they're contributing to the, to the fund. We have this Cardone Capital Fund and I want to go big with that. I want to turn it into a $10 billion fund. And, yeah. and I want to get a lot of people rich and I want to, I want to, I want, I want the little people like me, you know, I, I want those, oh, <laughs> you know the, the billionaires that I have met. I've met a handful. Uh-huh. I, I look to them to be the example, and I thought that they would be my mentor, and uh-huh. they have let me down every mm. single time. And and that's my fault for putting that on them. They sure. didn't ask for that. Put it on pedestal. But um, but my best life would actually be being that person mm. for so many people. Yeah. And 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 just like really, that's a good day for me when everything is just going just right. clicking. And everyone gets it. I love that. And I love that you're living it now. I can totally see that. Like you're doing new things. You're having fun. You're living on all cylinders with your family, your business. Just engaged. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. And again, like I never want to give off the impression that it's perfect or easy or there are not days where I'm just like, oh God, this is hard because a lot of days are hard. Yeah. But I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, that's exactly that. why we say we call it the best. Life. I mean, it's like even the hard stuff, even in the hard stuff, even in the crap of the crap, yeah. you can still go, but I would still choose this again. Yeah, I would choose it all over again. I yeah. would choose my mess all over again. I would choose a tragedy all over again. I would choose it all again because it's still making me who I am and, and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I this love that amazing. so much. I love this. This is, um, hopefully our listeners will buy your book. And we'll make sure that we promote this and we'll let you know when it's out and everything. But this has been so great for us. Awesome. Love yeah. Make sure so you guys go to Elena Cardone slash 
Empire, Empire for the book and follow her on Instagram. She's always doing stories like every day, so stories are fun too. Oh, wait, we need our stories. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, guys.